What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast powered by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today, we have a couple cool guys on, Taylor and Chris from Davis Tent. So, thanks for hopping on, guys. No Thank problem. you for having us. Heck yeah. So, I thought that this would be a, a cool podcast to dive into, you know, a lot of things about wall tents, like, you know, fabrics. There's a lot of different fabrics out there, and you guys do things a little differently than than some other companies that people might be familiar with. So I guess to start out with, you just want to give kind of an overview of Davis 10 and when you ha- what you have to offer and who, you know, you're the customer that you're really geared to. Yeah. Uh, great question right off the bat. Um, you know, we've been making canvas wall tents here in Denver, Colorado since 1955 hunters have always been our our bread and butter customers. Um, And to be honest with you, you know, a lot of the the technology from 1955 is still carrying through today. Um, We still use a hundred percent cotton canvas and that's our preferred material um, versus any kind of synthetics out there or modern day technology. Even some of the, the newer materials just aren't, quite up to par yet maybe in another few years they'll they'll be there um but we have stuck with the the traditional canvas absolutely so we talked about not too long ago at the western hunt expo a couple years ago we talked about that material and can you talk about that material that you guys use and why it it holds water out so well yeah um yeah kind of going back to our conversation there is um how the water keeps out of our fishbowl, right? If you're looking at our booth when you guys walk by or watch a video and you see water standing on our canvas and you wonder how come that's not dripping through, it really has nothing to do with the treatments on the canvas itself. It's more or less how tightly woven our canvas is. So if we take a single strand out of our material and you start untwisting it, there's actually two strands to make one. And that gives the canvas a tighter weave, and that's what holds the water out in the heat in. Um, you know, kind of expanding on that a little bit, everybody still thinks ounces is the preferred way to rate canvas. We get that question here all the time is, oh, why aren't you guys using 12 ounce? It's got to be better than a 10 ounce, or why aren't you using a 15 ounce? That's got to be the, the Cadillac of the industry. But really, all you're doing anymore from a, a 10 ounce material to a 12 ounce is carrying 20% more weight. Even you'll see our new Go tent that we're offering. Um, we offer that in a 10 ounce and also at 8 ounce material as well. Um, and I think you could stand a 10 ounce material right up next to a 12 ounce tent, and Mother Nature could throw anything she wants at it. They're both going to perform just as well. And it's all about thread count now. They need to be rating it like linen. Like you uh, go and buy sheets for your your bed at home. It's all about the thread count, right? The more threads per inch, the better the sheets. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with cotton canvas. That's interesting. Can you break that down a little bit more of like what, like why do you offer two different, you know, like an eight and a 10 and then a 12? Like why do you offer those? Um, what does a 12 give you that an eight won't? 
or vice versa? Great question. And, you know, the reason we still offer 12 ounce is we might get an old timer in here still that just has to have the 12 ounce because he has it in his head that 12 ounce is purely better than anything else on the market. Um, my personal tent, my 12 by 14 is actually an eight ounce material. And the reason we offer eight ounce is guys like myself that pack in on horses or mules, you know, we count every pound, just like our backpack hunters even nowadays are counting every pound. Well, as horse guys are the same way. So right away from going from a 10 ounce material to that eight ounce material, I'm saving 20% of the weight. And that's a huge benefit for anybody packing it in. That's one, one major reason why we offer it. Gotcha. That totally makes sense. Um, what about your, your frame offerings? I know there's, there's two different kinds that are on your website, the traditional and then just the straight up internal frame. Uh, could you break those down a little bit? And is that pretty standard? Yeah. Um, you know, there's really three really good ways to, to set up your tip. The first one being an internal frame which I would say about 90% of the tents that leave our shop here get an internal frame. That seems to be what everybody really likes now. And it's really nice. You know, you don't have any uprights in the middle of your tent. So you can put a, a table there or a chair there, a cot. You don't have a pole as you walk into the front door you have to avoid while you're carrying in firewood or Rubbermaid tubs full of gear. Um, where our traditional poles, you do have that ridge pole with three uprights on the inside of your tent, one upright in the middle and one on each end. So you do have that pole you have to walk around as you go in the front door and you lose a little bit of that floor space. But the big benefit to the traditional poles over the internal frame is size and weight. So with the internal frame, you know, your longest pole, let, let's just use 14 by 16 for an example here. Um, that's our most popular tent. Your longest pole will be about seven foot, nine inches. And a lot of truck beds aren't that big. If you're packing it on horses and mules, I haven't met a mule yet that wants to pack a seven foot, nine inch pole on them. Mm -hmm. But our traditional poles, you know, your longest pole on a 14 by 16 is still going to be five foot, five inches, five foot six, right in there, give or take. And that's a lot more manageable in a short bed pickup or on top of a set of panniers going in on horses or mules. Um, so it breaks down and weighs a lot less, the traditional pole system. Mm -hmm. And myself yep. personally, when we pack in, the, the third way to do it um, is what I've always called sawbucks. So I don't take any poles. We clean up a couple logs once we get there, run a log through the top of our tent through our ridge pole sleeves. And then set out uh, two in the front to make an X where that lodge pole will sit. And then in the back, I cheat. I just put it up as high as I can in a tree. We've had that in three foot of snow and no issues whatsoever. Gotcha. That's awesome. So I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but I wanted to go back a little bit to the basics on a wall tent and like somebody, let's say as a, a vehicle camping scenario, like why would somebody what are the benefits of going with a wall tent like your guys's versus like a big teepee or something like that, that some of these other 
um, companies that are coming out with this more like a silk nylon type material. It's got to be breathability. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. Uh, It's got to be breathability. So, I mean, the reason that people have been using cotton tents, you know, since the the Middle Ages is because cotton canvas breathes. And that's the the thing with those other tents that are out there. I mean, I've been using those kinds of tents since I was a, a little kid, but they just don't breathe. You know, you have condensation. Uh, you breathe while you're sleeping at night. You wake up and the inside of your, your tent is wet. And if you got a down sleeping bag, you got all sorts of issues. But it's, it's really the, the breathability is, is the big difference. What do you think, Chris? Uh, you know, that's a great point, Taylor. Just like you say, breathability is a, a huge part of it. You know, the reason we're all wearing cod shirts right now is they're comfortable to be in where those synthetics is like wearing a plastic bag over your body all day. You're just going to sweat and sweat and sweat. That water's got to go somewhere. But uh, these new teepees and um, bell tents, you see a lot of bell tents anymore. To me, the, the downside of those is the headroom. All the headroom in that tent is right in the middle, right next to that pole. So if you have two, three people in there, you got to take turns getting dressed in the morning before you even go out. So a wall tent that has a, a complete ridge line in it, you have a heck of a lot more room in there, um, a lot more comfortable to be in. Yep, I totally agree with that. After So I ran your 12 by 14 the year, well, actually, no, it was last year. It was, just early, it was in January for a cow hunt. And um, I, I like that thing a lot. It's it just kind of depends what your, what your game is, you know, like setting a wall tent up is it's super comfortable. And to me, like on a vehicle hunt like that, where it was, especially it was going to be cold and we had the stove, um, it made more sense to, to pack that and take the extra time setting it up and, you know, carry the extra bulk from where we were going. Um, and I, I, it's just a, it's a super good system, especially with that, that stove for the later season hunts and just having all the room for the early season hunts. Like I use that go tent, um, and, uh, last year, quite a bit on road style hunts that I was filming and it, uh, it's really nice having the extra, extra room and just extra, mostly at the extra space from like a, you know, a little, small backpacking tent or like a dome style tent that you get from the box stores is just a heck of a lot more comfortable. Right. And you kind of hit the the downside of a wall tent too. You know, if you're just going for two days, do you really want to take that 12 by 14 and that extra bulk in the truck and taking the extra time to set it up where one of those little dome tents are super quick, easy to set up, you know, two days in them is not bad. Um, where a wall tent is a little bit more work, but you do get that payoff of that extra room. And I think that's kind of where that new little go tent we're making is going to find its sweet spot. It's going to be great for those little weekend trips too. Heck yeah, absolutely. Um, with that, you know, talking about the setting up, can you go through like setting up a wall tent in general and what you like to do to to start whether that's like clearing out a space or 
Um, maybe just some things to keep in mind when you're pitching your tent. Yeah, Taylor, go for it. All right. Uh, most of the time when I'm setting these tents up, I mean, I'm doing kind of those later rifle seasons in Colorado. Uh, so most of the time already, you know, in the summer, I've already pre-scouted out uh, multiple locations uh, so that even if I'm arriving there in the dark, I've, I've got at least one spot that will hold, you know, whichever size wall tent I'm deciding on bringing. Uh, once I get there, really like the number one thing I learned my first year of using these wall tents is always bring a snow shovel. Uh, you're just, sometimes there's just snow on the ground. Uh, and so I've just always cleared out a spot. I actually always bring a tape measure too. Uh, and I just kind of measure out where exactly I, I want the tent to go. Uh, and then if there's snow, I'll move, move it with the, with the shovel. And then I'll just start laying out the angles, uh, you know, after I decide which, uh, way I want my front door to go, I'll just kind of lay out my angles and then either do the rafters or the, uh, the ridges next. And this is obviously with the internal frame, uh, not a traditional pull set. And then I'll just set that A-frame up, uh, you know, with the rafters and the ridges. Once I do that, I just get my wall tent out of its bag. I unroll it. Uh, if I've got a buddy, uh, they're also helping me uh, and we try to find the peak of the tent. Uh, and then we just drape that over the, the top of that frame, uh, secure it to the pins on the top where the grommet is, uh, through the very top of the tent. Uh, on the very front and the very back. And then once I've done that, it's almost as simple as just going out on the side and, and grabbing the legs, and putting them on, and then it then it's off the staking. Uh, and then you're pretty much uh, good to go from there is getting the wall tent set up. Then you just go inside and set up your cot and your stove and all the all the stuff that you want inside. Mm -hmm. So do you put a, like a tarp over the top of your tents or is there certain times that you would really recommend putting a tarp over the tent? Uh, for me, it kind of depends. So I've got almost a, you know, a rain fly for each of the, the staff tents that we have uh, that we take out during, uh, during hunting season or, you know, in the summer or shed season, depending. Uh, but I'll look at the forecast, uh, and if there's, if I'm supposed to get anywhere from like eight plus inches, uh, of snow, then I'll take the rain fly and I'll put it on there. And really the only purpose I use it for is it just slides the snow off, uh, a lot easier with that rain fly, uh, rather than the canvas, just because of, of design, right? It's hard, super easy for snow and, and rain and things like that to slide off but the canvas is is designed to be breathable so if i'm not expecting any type of you know heavy snow or anything like that i just don't bring it uh just for added headache uh but if i'm gonna have that then it's almost worth its weight in gold because all you got to do i'm sure you've experienced it too jordan where you get a bunch of snow you just top or uh, tap the the top of the tent and it just slides right off and then you can you can just hear it just sliding yeah. I I had one experience since I've I've got that uh the one that you guys sent me for the the go tent it's been just like you talked about like it just slides right off. 
um when we were in november we were in colorado last year and it for third season it rained quite a bit and then of course it turned into snow like a lot of that rain turned into ice on the tent and it was just it was hard to get it off and then i packed up my camp and left early like a day early because i had to get home and it was it was so heavy and i had a hell of a time loading it um but that's just I mean, that's just the thing. Like that would have been a perfect situation where I needed that rain fly and I just didn't bring it. You know, to me, a rain fly does a, a few different things really good. Um, it does help slide that snow and help get that rain off the top of your tent with ease. And from our average end guy, I think you guys covered it very well. You know, there's sometimes you will need it, sometimes you won't. Um, then you see like our outfitters or people that live in our tents year round and a fly does so much more for them because it has a UV inhibitor in it as well. So it blocks out all the UV rays from the sun and that's actually what kills everything, but it really does a, a good number on cotton canvas as well. You know, our outfitters that don't use a fly and they only have their tent set up, let's say six months out of the year, they get 10 years out of those tents. But an outfitter that has their tent set up six months out of the year with a fly, they're getting closer to 16 to 18 years out of it. So it really does help extend the life of your canvas as well. That's really interesting. So what, from a standpoint of somebody going to get into a wall tent, can you talk about the different sizes and what they're good for? Your guys' website does a really good job of listing all this stuff out. Um, but can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I got to tell you, that's always my least favorite question to answer when somebody calls down here. Hey, what what size of tent should I get? <laughs> and you're like, oh boy, you know, there's so many different variables to that one. How many people are going? Are you trying to eat, cook, sleep, do everything inside the tent? Or are you going to cook on the outside? Um, so one thing I always try to suggest to people to do is go out to the driveway of their house and grab some of their kids sidewalk chalk and mark off an area and then you can also mark off okay this is where my cot's gonna go this is where bill's cot's gonna go um here's a table area mark off this for the stove and then see if that's gonna be enough room for you you know for for average four guys um which seems to be a pretty good size elk camp very common if they're trying to eat, cook, sleep the whole nine yards in there, I really think the 14 by 16 is the perfect combination for them. Um, three and a 14 by 16 is not bad at all either. And you can actually even squeeze five into that pretty easily as well. Um, me personally, I hunt out of a 12 by 14 and we eat, cook, sleep the whole nine yards in there. And there's three of us. And I'll tell you right now, if a fourth guy showed up, we, he'd be sleeping in his truck. I, I wouldn't let him in on that one. <laughs> um, but hopefully that could help somebody get an idea on what size. I, I think the, the sidewalk chalk is a, a really good thing to do. Yeah, that's very practical. That's a great idea. Um, I was going to ask, too, with along with the rain flight question, is a floor. Can you talk about the those floors that you guys have and like 
I think one of the big ones that I get questions on a lot is when even in some of these smaller backpacking tents that we have is having a stove when there's snow on the ground. And I, I wanted to mention this when you guys were talking about it too. Um, I've always wanted to have a video camera going when I go out and set up a tent and there's snow. You know, what I would do is just like Taylor said, get your shovel out, scoop out as much as you can, and then set your tent up in that area and fire up that stove before I do anything else. That'd be the first thing into my tent. And this is where I want that video camera because I bet you within 45 minutes to an hour, it's pretty darn dry in there with one of our wood stoves going. Um, and I think showing people that you can have a, a dry area within an hour of being in your camp spot with snow on the ground would be a great thing. But once you get that all nice and dry, that's when I would start throwing in my floor. Um, I personally, I really like what we do is a, a three-quarter floor. It's a 15-ounce vinyl material like a heavy-duty trucker's tarp or a billboard side material. And the first five feet of my tent is still bare dirt. And this is where the stove sits. But it also makes that front entrance way like a mudroom. You could walk in, take off your muddy boots, your wet clothes, and then walk onto the floor without tracking it all in. It's just kind of a, a mental area for me to do that. A lot of guys, though, do like the the full floor with the zipper cutout area for the stove because your stove can't sit right on top of our flooring material because it'll melt through it. But by having that zipper in there, it gives you an option, right? So if you're using your stove, you'd unzip it, you roll it back, and your stove sits on the dirt. Where if you're out there in the summertime, you could zip it back in, don't need your stove, and have a full floor. So that's a pretty common uh, floor as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that three quarter floor. And then I got the uh, the floor sewn in on the go tent. And then that zip out is really nice. Even honestly, even the zip out, if you don't have a stove, is really nice to zip that thing and then like sweep it out. And then you could just go right outside with it instead of having a little bit of a lip going out the door. Um, that thing is that was really handy. Um, can you talk about like when you would want a sewn-in floor versus not a sewn-in on something, you know, specifically like that go tent? Yeah. Um, and to me, the go tent needs a sewn-in floor. I think that is the perfect size tent to have a, a floor sewn into it. And it works really good because with our go tents, you have to use our traditional pole system. The way we design that one has a real steep peak on it and our angles will not work on that tent. So if you ever plan on using a tent with a sewn-in floor, just know you're going to have to use our traditional pole system. Um, there's a lot of other companies out there that will sell you a tent with a sewn-in floor in an internal frame. But, man, they're just selling you a headache. You know, the way you set that tent up, like Taylor was telling you guys earlier, um, is you build the frame first, and then you stretch the canvas over it. Well, if you have a sewn-in floor you can't do it that way. So you're trying to build everything on the inside of the tent. And there's just not, not a very practical way to do that. So uh, we try to steer guys that are buying the bigger tents, like the 14 by 16s and up, not to do a sewn in floor for a couple of reasons. A, setting it up with an internal frame like I went over. But B, also you got to know pretty much origami to get that tent folded back up just right. <laughs> 
to get back into the back of your pickup truck where that 10 by 10, to be honest with you, I could fold one of those up and almost put it in your glove box. It's really easy to do. It seems to be a really good size to do that stone end floor on. Gotcha. Um, I want to, I want to start talking about stoves here before too much longer, but is there anything else on the tent side specifically you guys want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Taylor, you got anything? I, I don't, I don't think so either, but thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. So your guys' stove is badass is pretty much all I can, all I can say about it. When I got it, I was super impressed. And like, um, my dad's been doing some wall tent stuff for a long time and has been around a lot of stoves. And the fact that you can fit everything inside of the stove when you're transporting it, including the stove pipe is pretty damn cool. So can you guys just talk about your, your stove and, uh, or stoves and, uh, the design of them? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have stuck with the cylinder style, <clears throat> excuse me, cylinder style stove um, for a couple reasons. When my grandpa first started selling stoves, he actually sold more of a rectangle stove. So it had four distinct sides on it. And the problem with those, what we found out over the years is you get them too hot, they warp, they tweak. But with that cylinder style that we're still doing today after selling them for 35 plus years um, is once they get hot, they expand and contract very well because of the the roundness to it. It doesn't tweak them at all. Um, what I really like about our stoves as well is you can burn wood in them. You could burn coal in them. And coal is really nice if you're driving to where you're camping. I don't know if you've done this one yet, Jordan, but when you're sitting around at night, you know, I, I do all the cooking right off of our wood stove. So when we're sitting around cooking dinner, we burn wood, get that good layer of coal in there, and then we'll throw in maybe a, a volleyball-sized chunk of lump coal in there with some wood around it. And that will burn a lot longer, hotter, and slower than wood does. So you don't have to get up as many times a night to restoke it, which I think is a super nice thing. Um, the question for you, though, Jordan, do you use the, the hot water tank? I love the hot water tank. Big fan. <laughs> it uh it was so cool like especially even in the morning when it's it's been cool for a while like you know it's been cooled off and you haven't stoked it since like midnight or whatever. Like that water is still pretty damn warm and just to be able to like get up and immediately throw like instant coffee in a in a cup and then put hot water in it is pretty awesome. You know, I love it myself, too. And I know there's some people out there that could care less about it. So I, I was curious what you thought of it. But you know, like you say, doing the dishes with hot water or making instant coffee or maybe you came back for lunch and you wanted some ramen noodles, you could have hot water right there ready to go, um, which I, I really like that feature. Yeah, I, I love that. Can you guys... I know that pellets have been starting to gain some traction. Can you talk about those at all? And maybe if you have any plans for one of those. Go ahead, Taylor. This is your area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
we're on version 3.0 uh, of a pellet stove attachment. Uh, this past winter, I uh, tested version 2.0, uh, basically all winter in my backyard. I had a 14 by 16 setup with a, I had a cot in a 30 degree bag. Uh, and anytime it was 20 degrees or, or below in my backyard, I would get that going. The reason I did that is because, you know, if, if it stopped working, I would wake up. You know, that was the idea of the the 30 degree bag and I could not get it to work. Uh, it was it was a long, cold winter, but I can tell you doing that in my backyard uh, compared to testing version 1.0 when you're, you know, 30 miles from civil civilization, uh, it was a much better testing environment. <laughs> myself uh and my kids and my wife so they didn't wake up in the middle of the night all cold and not very happy uh but we we are working uh on a, a version 3.0 and uh this this fall uh it will be tested uh in environments where where it's hunting like conditions and that's really key for us and a big part of what we love to do is is we're not going to just create a product and and you know, produce it for the masses without putting it through actual hunting scenarios. You know, we're going to put at least a season, if not more, uh, into new products and make sure that they're going to work before we push them out and just have people, you know, call in and be like, well, this doesn't work. You know, we're, we're going to do our due diligence and, and put it in, like I said, hunting situations, because that's what our customers are going to be experiencing. Uh, and we want them to be able to perform uh, as high as they as high as they can. Awesome, absolutely, and I think everybody can certainly appreciate that having something be tested a lot before it even gets put to the market. Um, so when we purchase, we can just go out and use it. Um, can you talk talk about it all? Like, is there any downsides to pellets, just as a in general? I mean. You got kind of at least three main sources of heat out there uh, in the wall tent market. You know, you've got wood, which is obviously very traditional. Uh, you're seeing propane make a surge in the market uh, at the moment as well, as well as, you know, pellets. And they all have their pros and cons. Uh, wood, you're most always going to be able to find wood, you know, when you're out hunting. Uh, but at the same time, you're taking away time from hunting to find wood. If not, you're bringing a cord or, you know, whatever along, and that's taking up room in your truck bed. You move to propane, then you have to bring propane, or you have to have a place close enough to refill propane, which typically refilling propane in the middle of nowhere is more expensive. And then pellets, you run into the same thing with, uh, you know, regular wood is you have to actually bring the pellets. So they all have their pros and cons. Uh, you know, propane, one of the really uh, on to the propane is it's not a dry heat. Uh, you know, it's more of a wet heat. Uh, and you definitely, with some systems, can't sleep with it uh, on. And so having a CO2 detector, so, you know, you can wake up and go hunting uh, is probably a, a smart idea, but that's kind of what we're seeing in the, in the world of, of heating 
for woods or uh, for for wall pits. Yeah, I think the the propane portion is a really good thing to note because uh, we just talked to Aaliyah works with a doctor that found a couple of guys that had like asphyxiated in their tent because they had a buddy heater going and that stuff happens. And I think it's just really important to, to know that those propane systems, at least like a buddy heater or something like that, it's, it's for like knocking the chill off in the mornings. And then when you go to bed or just when you're like, it's not for sleeping, it's definitely not, not for sleeping. (laughs) Right. You know, we have a really good customer and he's the Gilpin County coroner here in Colorado. And he gets, he told me, what was it? Between 25 and 30 tents or deaths a year um, from people burning propane in their tents up there camping. And he did tell me that every single one of them is always in a nylon tent. That goes back to the breathability of the canvas. Um, It does help with that with the, the CO2 getting out there, but having a portable CO2 detector is worth its weight in gold if you're using propane. And probably the, the biggest tip I could give anybody looking to do propane is find one that has an exhaust pipe, just like a, a wood stove. See if it has an exhaust pipe that you can run out of the tent to get that moisture out and the CO2 as well. Man, yeah, if you can get that the moisture out it's it basically becomes a furnace like that's in a lot of homes really exactly yes and then that easy button of propane is really nice too you just go yeah, over there fan. push the button and <laughs> away you go <laughs> yeah big big fan of that versus wood that's for damn sure well i cheat with wood too it's take um a propane torch with you like you see a plumber use around your house solder and pipe together mm-hmm Start your wood stove with that, you know, instead of sitting there with matches and trying to do it with paper to get kindling going, just take one of those propane torches and light up some wood and away you go. Oh, yeah. There's like they make those uh, soldering. It's basically like a soldering tip that goes on the just one of those little one pound like green propane bottles. And that's Uh that's what I take with me usually. It's probably the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, gosh, is there, is there anything else we can go down so many, um, so many avenues with this conversation, just with wall tents in general, but you guys also do a lot, a lot of gear stuff on your site too. Um, I know that I have those cot pads that are really nice and, uh, yeah. Could you, is there anything in particular that you guys just you don't think you hit out of the park as far as the the smaller stuff goes you know it's funny uh, you mentioned the cop pad uh, stop me taylor if you want to jump in here you're, you're good. Uh, Go one thing we're actually working on and hopefully after this hunting season um november december you'll see it being rolled out through here is just a sleeping bag cover that we're going to do so it'll allow you to put that sleeping pad in there your sleeping bag as well we're gonna from the couple versions we've done i haven't done this yet and we're still playing around with how to do it is have a a pillow holder in there as well but it's just a a sleeping bag cover so your sleeping bag and pad doesn't get all dirty you'll be able to roll everything up inside of it 
and have a couple straps to keep it cinched up. And that'll just contain your whole sleep system. All you have to do is grab it and go. That's something I'm I'm looking forward to rolling that out. That's something I've wanted to do for six, seven years and finally found the time this year to kind of play around and come up with a pretty neat design. That sounds awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're we're pretty excited about that one here. Yeah, when can we look for that one? Uh, you should be able, and maybe we could sneak one out to you. That way we get some really good pictures. You do a phenomenal job of that. Um, oh, I appreciate but hopefully that. Hopefully this, this November, December. Perfect. Awesome. Um, gosh, another thing that that I've been using even you know even the little stuff that you guys come up with like that solar panel with the lights that's really nice too like you just don't realize how how nice those little things are until you have them same with all your hangers Taylor jump in there yeah uh yeah those are all awesome I mean we're you know we're trying to make you know not only camping more enjoyable but you know when you're out hunting or just using a wall tent in general we have all sorts of, of different accessories that not only work for our all our wall tents, but almost all the other ones that are out there, you know, from our orange and black hooks, which are super popular. Those solar lights uh, that you're that you're using as well, Jordan, are awesome. Have you used the any of our organizers? I, I really like those. Have you used them? Oh, yes. I have been using the organizers and actually uh, I did like a a trailer remodel type of deal that we could use. Mm-hmm. And I have those organizers. I have one of them in the front of that thing. And that's been, at first it was temporary because we were going to put another cabinet, but we just left it. Cause it's just, it's so nice to have. And then like your guys is the one with the, the rifle scabbard in it. That one's really mm-hmm. nice for keeping in the tent too. It is. I, and it's funny. I got a small organizer um, nailed into the wall of our trailer too, and we keep odd and end stuff in there, just like you're talking. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works great. Was there something you're going to add, Taylor? Uh, we did come out with a new product right before hunting season last year. I'm not sure you've seen it or have it. Uh, called the Sleep More Mini and the Sleep More Max. Have you heard of those? No, I haven't. I think. Uh... I think maybe we talked about it a while back, but um, refresh me. Yeah. So basically what they are, they're, they're stove baffles that fit inside your, your stove pipe hole in your stove. And it basically, we, it, it puts a metal plate in between your, your stove pipe hole and your stove. And so it forces a reburn. Uh, so you get longer burn times and then everything coming out of your pipe uh, is super clean. So having any type of big ash or anything like that coming out of your, your stove pipe and your spark rester, we've almost eliminated it with those two products. I mean, when we first came out with it, like in August last year, we couldn't keep it on the shelf. I literally had to call the guy like, Hey, we need like another 200 of these. They've just been phenomenal. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, gosh, guys, is there anything else you want to um, you want to go into? You know, I uh, I'm good unless Taylor has something he wants to talk about. 
uh, Thorn, what type of hunts are you planning on using uh, a wall tent uh, this year? So this year I've got like a, I have a Washington hunt that I'm going to film. And I think that that's going to be a good roadside camp one. That's probably going to be a go tent. Um, we have a hunt in four season Colorado this year that we were talking about pairing up the trailer with a tent, kind of like you and I were talking about the other day, Taylor. I don't know if we'll make it to where, you know, the tent attaches like directly to the trailer or not, but I think we can sleep inside the trailer and then we can set the 12 by 14 up and cook in it. Um, that'll be good. And then we've got, I just actually ordered from you guys a 12 by 14 that we'll be packing in on horses to set up for probably some October elk um, stuff. And then I haven't decided yet whether or not I'm going to set a 12 by 14 up in a deer hunting area so we could leave it up for a little while to, uh, and just run back and forth to it on the weekends. But stuff like that, man, is fantastic, especially for me filming and whatnot, that go tent. Um, it's so easy to set up. And, you know, for me, I'm just a one man, one woman crew. That's, that's got to do all this stuff by myself. So being able to set that thing up in no time is really nice. And then, um, still having a lot of space and have it be really comfortable. So that's kind of what I've got plan so far for the road um camp you know road style hunts that's awesome yeah wish you nothing but the best on those yeah thanks guys um absolutely yeah thanks for getting me that go tent last year i've been using the heck out of it and uh yeah i hope everybody i think they're they're available for purchase right now aren't they yeah yeah, they're, uh, they're on our website. I think it's one of the top buttons on our website is, is new go tent. I think I can even double check right now, but I even think it's like $50 off on our website at the moment. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, that's another thing I wanted to bring up too, before we get off here is the, you know, your pricing. And I think I really like your, the, what would you even call it? Like a la carte or you can yes yep exactly like the the hunting packages that i mean that uh antelope tent you know the antelope package that i got which was with a tent a floor um the stove it was a 12 by 14 tent and the internal frame i mean that can be had for right around that two thousand dollar mark and in even less depending what you know if you want a whole bunch of windows in the tent or not um and that's like, that's so reasonable to me. I couldn't even believe it when I saw the price on your guys' website when I first started looking at it. Yeah, we've tried to keep our prices down ever since my grandfather started the company. And he always had a motto, it's not how you, you sell things, it's how you buy things. And what allows us to keep our costs down and keep the cost down for our customers' savings is how we buy things. You know, a lot of our competitors out there will only buy 5,000 yards of material at a time where we're buying 50,000 yards of material at a time. So we get that bulk discount and we pass that right on to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And another thing too, you guys are located right in Colorado and like USA sourced and made on everything. Isn't that right? 
Yes. Um, I actually had to close my office door here today just so you don't hear the production facility going like crazy out there. But yeah, we are producing it right here in Denver, Colorado. That's awesome. So right now it's it's August 5th. And what are your lead times looking like this close to season? Well, <laughs> this is uh, historical times for us at Davis Tent. You know, we have been adding sewers, adding to our team and our crew here left and right. Um, even with all the new sewers and new members we have here, we're still running about 10 weeks out. Um, so that'd be putting us right about that second week of October. So we're still hitting third and fourth rifle seasons and we're doing everything we can. If somebody calls up and says, Hey, I, I got a first rifle tag. We're trying to help them out and get them a 10 as best as we can as well. Um, but ever since COVID hit and everybody wanted to be out in the woods with their family, we have just been busy. Uh, any busier, you'd have to strap a broom to Taylor's back so he could sweep and work at the same time. It's <laughs> been insane. That's awesome. So that, that's great to hear. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, if, uh, yeah, if there's nothing else, I just thank you guys for hopping on and spreading some light onto some, I think especially the materials and, and just with the wall tents in general. And they're a great piece to have in the kit. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us on and keep up the good work. Your podcasts are great. Absolutely. Thank you.